everyone this is chris and you're listening to one cross radio and just to be upfront, this is the fourth time i've had to record the intro uh because i've accidentally said several times this is the radio arcade podcast <laughs> which it isn't uh i'm partially thinking of it as such because one uh myself and my boo christian recorded an episode just the other day um for it, but also, um, if you noticed a different theme today, it's because uh, before Christian and I did and started Radio Arcade, Christian was a guest on a sub-series on this show with him called Into the Weeds. And because that sh- the sub-show was slightly different, I created a different theme, which I'm reincorporating here, just because the subject matter of today's episode is a little bit heavier. We're dealing with death um, and real life stuff. So uh, the happier go luckier theme doesn't really um, doesn't really fit. Uh, and I biasedly, since I made them, I like them, but I've always enjoyed the uh, the into the weeds theme. So I thought I'd repurpose it for this. Um, and on today's episode, like I said, we're we're getting out of our normal uh, territory, and we're venturing back into some disastrous, wa- uh, disaster waters. Um, and if you're, if you're looking at the title and the display picture, you might be like, Chris, what the heck? Why are we talking about shark attacks? Uh, why are we talking about the 19, the infamous 1916 Jersey Shore shark attacks? Uh, most of the time you talk about Godzilla and in comics and superheroes and light stuff that I can call nonsense. <laughs> um, we know you're obsessed with Titanic for some reason, but what what gives? Well, true believer, <laughs> the, uh, in the words of the late great Stan Lee, uh, there is a bit of a connection to to pop culture here with this one. Um, it's something that through uh, through Shark Week, the event has become rather known. I believe it was a 2009 episode did like a mini movie uh, based on the Jersey Shore shark attacks called Blood in the Water. Um, there have been books and then TV episodes about it called The 12 Days of Terror. Um, but perhaps most famously... It inspired the first blockbuster and an episode uh, on a movie I want to do an episode on the production of uh, in a little bit. Of course, I'm referring to the 1975 classic Jaws and it's uh, and the book that inspired the film. Now, uh, the the author of Jaws has said it wasn't directly inspired, um, but at other points he also said it was uh, inspired, and so that's where I'm going to say it was. It, it Jaws was consciously or unconsciously influenced by the Jersey Shore shark attacks. Um, both the book and the film feature direct references uh, to the Jersey Shore shark attacks. They uh, they also both take place like the book and then the actual show uh, the actual attacks take place during a tourist resort uh summer town at the beginning of July both the film slash book and the actuality the actual event has the same amount of victims um though thankfully the real life events did have a survivor and both feature uh Dr. Victor Koppelson's uh, rogue theory. Um, But we're going to get to that uh, rogue theory in a bit. I would just be remiss if I didn't address the Jaws connection. Um, Heck, most of the time when you look up stuff uh, on the Jersey Shore shark attacks, um, it will be like the events that inspire Jaws. Um, It's a label that gets attached to this day. Um, all right, so now let's look at what happened. And uh, I'm going to be straight up. 
this uh, this is an episode that uh, deals with some unsettling things. We are talking about harm to people, death, uh, unfortunately later harm to animals, um, and death with that as well. Um, there is some, not like hyper vivid, but there are vivid descriptions of what happens. So if any of this makes you queasy, or if any of this is something that's going to ruin your day or, or put you in a bad space, I'd recommend hopping off. If not, I, I hope you'll stay long. I did do a lot of research on this. Now, straight up, I'm not an expert. I'm a guy who Googles, but I'm a guy who Googles carefully, finds good resources, um, and I'm happy to include a number of those uh, those links in the description. Um, stuff from National Geographic. This um, I I think I've got an article from the Smithsonian. I'll try to find that afterwards, um, as well as stats from the International Shark Attack file and and others. Those links will be in the description, um, and of course, there's stuff that I I find sharks fascinating. I've been terrified of them ever since I was a child in Saw Jaws. But it is very much a fear out of respect. Um, I'm not. I'm not afraid that I'm going to get attacked in a pool um, or anything like that. So, what happened? Um, to give the lay of the land a little bit and some of the attitudes, um, swimming did not become a regular, popular pastime. Um, in North America, in the U.S., until around the 1900s. Heck, it wasn't until the early 1900s that bathing suits were regularly available for people. Um, so sharks were always there. We just weren't in their territory and we weren't aware of them. And the science on them now is there's a lot more we know now in 2023 um, even a lot more in like 2020 or uh, in 2000, let alone in comparison to 1916 when this happened. But at the time, there were prevailing attitudes that uh, sharks were not a danger to man. Nothing was a danger to man. Um, if you got bit by a shark, it could not be fatal. And it was because it was trying to attack something else. Uh, this would be rectified um, tragically due to the events of 1916. But thankfully, shark science has come a huge way um, and hopefully more can come from it and lead to the preservation of these majestically terrifying but fascinating creatures. All right, so the shark attacks in particular, what happened there? Over 12 days in July of 1914, the Jersey Shore was the center of a succession of rare, and at that time unthinkable, five shark attacks, four, four of which were fatal, and three of which happened on the same day in Matawan County uh, within a three-hour time span. Um, the assumed shark responsible was caught and killed on July 14th, uh, in Raritan Bay, uh, which was a mere two to four miles away from the mouth of the creek. Um, all of this would have happened within a 75 or so mile radius, um, and we'll, we'll get there. So, the first attack happened on July 1st. Uh, the first victim was a gentleman named Charles Van Sant, who was uh, from who was 28 years old and from Philadelphia. Uh, Van Sant was on vacation at the uh, Ingleside Hotel with his family in Beach Haven, New Jersey, a resort town. Uh, before dinner, Van Sant decided to take a quick swim in the Atlantic with, um, with his dog, which was a Chesapeake Bay Retriever. Um, or, sorry, not his dog, but a dog that was playing on the beach. Shortly after entering the water, Van Sant was heard shouting. Uh, bathers believed he was calling to the dog, but a shark was actually biting his legs. Um, Van Sant was rescued by the lifeguard Alexander Ott and a bystander, bystander named Sheridan Taylor, um, who claimed that the shark followed them to shore as they pulled the bleeding Van Sant from the water. 
uh, Van Sant's left thigh was stripped of his flesh, and unfortunately, he bled to death on the manager's desk of the hospital, sorry, manager's desk of the hotel at 6.45 p.m. Um, now, despite the, the attack, beaches along the Jersey Shore remained open. Um, and we're going to get more into why when we get to a further down section. Uh, but at this time, like I kind of addressed earlier, shark attacks, uh, people did not think sharks could or would attack a grown person, uh, let alone kill them. Uh, so there was a lot of, even though it was being reported as that, a lot of scientists and others were like, nope, this 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 was something else. It wasn't a, a shark attack. Um, cut to July 6th. Now, this is about, I had it written down. Yep, so 45 miles uh, up the coast from uh, Beach Haven. We are now with Charles uh, Broder, or Bruder. Uh, Bruder was a 27-year-old uh, bell captain at the Essex and Sussex Essex and Sussex Hotel in Spring Lake, New Jersey. Uh, and he was a 27-year-old gentleman from uh, Switzerland. Um, Bruder was attacked while swimming 130 yards or 120 miles, uh, sorry, meters, not miles, meters, um, from the shore. A shark bit him in the abdomen and also severed his legs. Uh, Bruder's blood turned the water red. After hearing screams, a woman notified two lifeguards that a canoe with a red hull had capsized and was floating just at the water's surface. Um, you can see how she thought that, but that also tells you just how much blood there was in the water. I mean, his legs got bitten off. Um, lifeguards Chris Anderson and George White rode to Bruder in a lifeboat and then realized he had been bitten by a shark. They pulled him from the water, and as they're pulling him out, they discovered the missing legs, and Bruder unfortunately bled to death uh, in the boat while he was on the way to shore. According to the New York Times, women were panic-stricken and fainted as Bruder's mutilated body was brought ashore. Guests and workers at the Essex and Sussex uh, Hotel, as well as neighboring hotels, raised money for Bruder's mother in Switzerland, which is which is very sweet. It's very sweet. Um, there was then a pause of six days. We cut to July, July 12th, and I call this section, in a way, Terror in the Creek. Um, not to, like, sensationalize it, but if you put yourself in there, this would be terrifying. So I think, I think it's appropriate. Um, so a little bit of information on the creek um, and Matawan, Matawan County. So the next three attacks took place in Matawan, que Matawan que Creek and near Matawan County. And the county is named after the creek. Um, and two of the victims... Um, lived in Matawan uh, County. Matawan County was located 30 miles north of Spring Lake, and it was inland from Raritan Bay, which is part of the Atlantic Ocean. It's a section of uh, section of water in southern New York, um, and it's inland from the bay by 11 miles. The mouth of the creek was two to four miles away from the bay itself, but it was connected to the ocean. So there was the mouth, but they're, they're pretty far inland. And Matawan felt to so many, like people who visited, people who lived there, it didn't feel like a lake town or a resort or anything like where any of the other attacks took place. It felt like a Midwestern town. Um, and part of that was like, this is a creek, this is a river. Like we're, it's connected to the ocean, but they're not thinking of it as such. Um, so with that location and it with its look like with that location and the thinking of it being a river and stuff, 
this was an incredibly unlikely site for interactions between sharks and humans. Um, but unfortunately, there were beasts on that day. But there was the attitude at the time, like, it can't be happening. And even many who lived in Madawan weren't necessarily believing some of the, the headlines coming out of um, the newspapers about the other two attacks because, one, sensationalism is running wild and we'll get there. Um, but then also the prevailing attitude at that time, again, informed by many scientists at that time, was there's no way sharks could kill a human being. Um, but on that day, um, and with all that in mind, there was the local Thomas Cottrell, who was a resident of Madawan and a sea captain. He spotted an eight-foot-long shark in the creek, and then he he ran around telling people, and the town just kind of dismissed him. Like, what? No way. We're... Charles, uh, Thomas, are you drunk? Like, we're on a creek. What are you talking about? There's no shark in the creek. Get it together. Unfortunately, there was. And we're getting to our third victim. Lester Stilwell. Um, this one is... These next two, in many ways, are the hardest, hardest ones. Not that the others aren't tragic, but Lester was 11 years old. And, like, him just being a child so young and this happening it's it's a different level of tragedy um but then the next one also has some even more tragic elements uh which we'll get to um so around 2 p.m a group of local boys including uh young lester um were playing in the creek together at an area called the the wyckoff dock um while they were there they while they were there and playing at one point they saw what it what they described as an old, black, weather-beaten board or a weathered log. So they see this for a little bit, and it's kind of like, what is this? But it's also, uh, they're young kids, they're in a creek, they've seen weathered logs before, so that's why they're describing it as such. But, as it got closer, the dorsal fin appeared, and the, and the the dorsal fin appeared, and then they realized, hey, this isn't a weathered log. This is this is a shark. Um, so the boys, the boys scattered and they started uh they started getting away. Unfortunately, though, before um Lester Stillwell could climb out of the creek, the shark did attack him and he was eaten alive and pulled pulled under the water. His friend saw that. Um, naked and covered in mud. The terrified boys ran from Wyckoff Dock uh, down, May, uh, down Main Street, screaming that there was a shark in the water. Um, but again, people were still skeptical. Like, no way. Um, they did think something could have happened to Lester, though, because Lester um, was epileptic, and they were worried that he had had a seizure and drowned. Um so they were they took the kids seriously about Lester being in danger. They didn't necessarily they didn't really believe it was a shark. There was like, oh no, no way. Um, so the, as the kids were doing this, eventually they were joined um by several men and business uh businessmen and people from the town. Uh they were joined uh, by them and they got them back to there so they could help. Um, hopefully help Lester, including uh, Watson Stanley Fisher. Um, now, Stanley Fisher, be, unfortunately, is the fourth victim. Uh, and his his is a different kind of tragic, in, in my opinion. I'll get to that in a second. Um, so he, uh, Fisher and others, dived into the creek um, to find Stillwell. Now, it seems they believed he was dead, but of course they didn't believe uh, they didn't believe it was a shark attack. They believed he had a seizure and drowned. Um, they were in the water for a little bit. Um, and after several dives, uh, Fisher did locate uh, Stillwell's, Stillwell's body. Um, he found it. He brought it up from the bed of the creek. Um, but while attempting to return to shore with the body, um, Fisher was attacked and bitten by the shark, um, and he unfortunately lost Lester's body in the process. Uh, and that's where, to me, that's extra tragic. 
um, in a different way. Lester being 11 is, is very, very sad. Um, a young life suddenly brought to an end. Um, but Stanley Fisher, by all accounts, was an upstanding, upstanding gentleman. And this person was just trying to retrieve the body um, for the parents. And then as he's doing this, he's attacked by the shark. And that's, and there's no well at the shark. Sharks are doing what they do. Um, but like, man, it's, it's not like he had done anything wrong. Not that most people who are attacked by sharks do anything wrong, but I mean, outside of stuff like Shark Week, we're prone in fiction and in movies to like villainize them. Uh, and at points it's like, hey, that character got ate and they deserved it. Um, in real life, that's not the case. At, and that's the case with Stanley. Uh, this man was just trying to... Uh, retrieve a body for a family and he he lost his life um but it did bring the reality of the situation to uh to everyone in Madawan as this was in the sight of of the townspeople there so it now wasn't like oh oh thomas we think he's drunk rambling about a shark or oh it's a bunch of kids naked and covered in mud screaming because they're worried about their friend you know the active imagination like no this is this is in front of them um so this then became the reality and known um so fisher's right thigh was severely injured um he had been pulled from the water um and attempted to be sent to the hospital but he bled to death unfortunately at uh, monmouth memorial hospital in Long Branch um, at 5.30 p.m. Stillwell's body, thankfully, was recovered on July 14th. Um, it was recovered 150 feet upstream from the dock. Then we come to our final victim, but also our thankful survivor, uh, young Joseph Dunn. Uh, Dunn was a 14-year-old boy from New York City, um, and he was attacked ha uh, half a mile up from the Wycliffe dock. And it, that attack was about 30 minutes after the fatal attacks on Stillwell and Fisher. So these all happened in very rapid, quick succession, which is, again, a rarity. Um, shark attacks in general are a rarity. Shark attacks perpetuated by the same shark are an, an even bigger rarity. And then three so close together, extremely, extremely rare. Um, so the shark bit uh, young Dunn's left leg, but he was thankfully rescued by his brother and friend after a vicious tug-of-war battle with the shark. Uh, Joseph was then taken to St. Peter's University Hospital in New Brunswick, New Jersey. I actually feel like I got to specify that because if you're up here in Canada with me, when you read New Brunswick, you think of the province. And I initially thought, that's a long trek. How, how are they going to get him there and alive? But thankfully, it was a town in New Jersey. Um, young Dunn eventually did make a full recovery from the bite, and he was released from the hospital and got to rejoin his family uh, later that year On after uh, a couple months in hospital on September 15th. So we're cutting to July 14th, which is the assumed end of the the attacks. So even though all the attacks had finished on the 12th, the reason I say the assumed end is as follows. On the 14th, uh, Michael Schleisler, a taxidermist from Harlem, who was also a lion tamer from the Barnum and Bailey Circus, which is those are two very different occupations for one gentleman to hold. Um, he was fishing in the Raritan Bay, again, which is a mere two miles from the mouth of Madawan Creek. Um, while he was fishing, uh, Schleiser caught a 7.5-foot, 325-pound juvenile great white in his net. Um, the shark naturally, understandably freaked out, um, and it almost sank his boat. Um, 
apparently Schleicher tried to cut the net to remove it, but the shark was tugging it. And while it was tugging and pulling him, the boat was almost getting pulled underwater. Uh, so Schleicher ended up um, killing killing the shark with a uh, with a broken oar. Back on land, Schleicher opened up the shark's belly in which was contained human remains. This part's going to be a little bit gross, um, but I'm just reading a direct quote. Uh, it was described as suspicious fleshy materials and bones that took up to two-thirds of a milk crate and weighed 15 pounds. As there were no further attacks along the Jersey Shore in the summer of 1916, scientists and uh, ichiologists at the time and Ichiologists are shark scientists. They study marine biology. Um, felt that this shark and declared that this juvenile great white uh, had been the Jersey man eater. Now, this has been disputed, however, since. Um, and many experts question if it was even one shark to begin with. Uh, in his book from 1976, The Book of Sharks, Biologist and, Richard, and author Richard Ellis noticed, noted, the first two attacks took place in the ocean, 70 and 25 miles, or 113 and 40 kilometers, respectfully from Madawan Creek. Uh, to assume that these distance attacks were, uh, were perpetrated by the same, shark, the same shark that attacked three swimmers in Madawan Creek is stretching the rogue theory beyond reasonable limits. Many scientists also believe that the attacks in Madawan uh, could have and probably were perpetrated by the bull shark. Uh, bull sharks are fairly aggressive. They can swim and they can swim in both salt and fresh waters. Given that Madawan County is 11 miles inland from the Atlantic and bulls go into freshwater uh, rivers and lakes, that's a fairly common occurrence in comparison to great whites who can only tolerate fresh water for very, very short periods of time. They, they need salt water. Um, so this has led many to believe that the bull was the culprit, at least partially, uh, for those three. Um, it's still debated to this day. Now, of course, there is the findings of that, that great white, so it, it could have been, but there are other signs that point towards it possibly being a bull. And given the wide radius of all this, and there being many sharks in the ocean, there's no guarantee that it was just one. Uh, give me a second. Luna is whining, so I'm going to let her outside. All right. So, sorry, I'm back. Uh, Luna just wanted outside. Uh, so now I want to talk about something I've, I've addressed a little bit briefly, and that's rogue, the, the rogue theory, um, which to me is unfortunately a bit of an infamous thing. Now, again, I'm not an expert, but I find sharks and shark attacks and just shark behavior fascinating and intriguing. Um, and also... A, I, like most people, probably became familiar with rogue theory because of Jaws. Um, and yeah, so rogue theory was put forth by a surgeon, uh, Sir Victor Coppelson, uh, Dr. Victor Coppelson, during the 1930s to late 1950s. Um, in this, Coppelson would suggest that once a shark had a taste of human blood, it would then only attack humans. Further, it would set up camp within certain waters and mark it as a territory. Um, and people latched on to that. Uh, people really latched on to that as an explan explanation for the Jersey Shore shark attacks. Um, but to most scientists, this theory does not hold water. Um, while there are rare instances of the same shark biting or killing multiple people, uh, like the Red Sea shark attacks in December of 2010, those are not only an extreme rarity, they are often informed, for lack of another term, by something else. In the case of the Red Sea, the Red Sea shark attacks case, the oceanic white tip that was attacking people um, had previously been spotted being fed by divers. Um, 
The divers would hand feed the shark as it would swim by. I think they'd reach out with their right hand or their left hand, whichever hand it was, and there would be a pouch with food on the back of their hip, like above their buttock and upper thigh. Um, and something that was seen as this white tip was uh, was attacking people was the white tip was biting people's hands and then the the hands and then the buttocks and upper thigh. Um, the show is like, this was a learned behavior. This was the shark remembering easy access to food, seeing people swimming in a similar position and assuming like naturally that this was that situation. Uh, this wasn't a, a rogue animal just killing for the sake of killing. This wasn't a shark only targeting humans. It was a learned behavior. Um, rogue theory makes for interesting drama. Um, again, looking at Jaws the book and the movie, uh, it makes for an interesting motivator for a fictional monster. Um, but science, uh, many scientists, uh, have debunked it and it's looked at as bogus by the community by and large, and it's been debunked time and time again. Unfortunately, it's one that's stuck with the public consciousness, um, and whenever there are a series of shark attacks, it's something that people who aren't experts are ready to bring up to this day. And Luna wants back in, so give me a sec. Okay, and we're back. Um, so the next thing I want to touch on is uh, some reactions um, at the time. Um, so what were the reactions of people, the media, um, the conspiracies and the at time, unfortunate war on sharks. Um, so at first, after the beach Haven, uh, incident, scientists and the press were only reluctant, uh, only reluctantly blamed the death of Van Sant on the shark. The New York times reported that Van Sant was badly bitten in the surf by a fish presumably a shark. Still, uh, State Fish Commissioner of Pennsylvania and former director of the Philadelphia Aquarium, uh, James M. Meehan, asserted in the Philadelphia Public Ledger that the shark was preying on a dog and had bitten Van Zant by a mistake. He specifically de-emphasized the threats sharks posed to human, saying, Despite the de death of Charles Van Sant and the report of two sharks having been caught in that vicinity, vicinity recently, I do not believe there is any reason why people should hesitate to go swimming, uh, to go in swimming at the beaches for fear of man-eaters. The information in regard to the sharks is indefinite, and I hardly believe that Van Sant was bitten by a man-eater. Van Sant was in the surf playing with the dog, and it may be that a small shark had drifted in at high water and was marooned by the tide. Being unable to move quickly and without food, he had come in to bite the dog and snapped at the man in passing. This reluctance changed, however, uh, with the event of the second attack, and the media's response was much more sensational. Mer uh, many... Uh, Many major American newspapers, such as the Boston Herald, the Chicago Sun-Times, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Washington Post, and the San Francisco Chronicle placed the story on the French page. Uh, the New York Times headline read, uh, Shark Kills Bather Off of Jersey Beach. The growing panic cost New Jersey resort owners an estimated 250000 or $6 million uh, yeah, 6700000 in uh adjusted to currency in 2022, um, in lost tourism, and sunbathing declined by 75% in some areas. Um, shark sightings increased along the mid-Atlantic coast after, after the attacks. Um, and my joke here is sharks in the ocean? <laughs> um, and of course people are noticing more because now they're looking for them. Um, and a panic was starting to take full swing. Local New Jersey governments made efforts to protect bathers and the economy from man-eating sharks. The 4th Avenue Beach at Asbury Park was enclosed with a steel wire mesh fence and patrolled by armed motorboats. It remained the only beach open following the uh, Everingham incident. 
After the attacks on Stillwell, Fisher, and Dunn, residents lined let residents in Madawan lined Madawan Creek with nets and detonated dynamite, dynamite in an attempt to catch and kill the shark. Madawan Mayor Eris B. Henderson ordered the Madawan Journal to print wanted posters offering a hundred dollar reward or adjusted to adjusted to inflation now uh, $2,700 um, to anyone who killed a shark in the creek. Despite the town's efforts, no sharks were captured or killed in Madawan Creek. Um, resort communities along the New Jersey shore petitioned the federal government to aid local efforts to protect beaches and hunt sharks. The House of Representatives uh, appropriated 5000 130000 in inflated uh, current dollars um, for eradicating the New Jersey shark threat. And President Woodrow Wilson scheduled a meeting with his cabinet to discuss the fatal shark attacks. Treasury Secretary William Gibbs McAdoo butchered his name, suggested that the Coast Guard be mobilized to patrol the Jersey Shore and protect sunbathers. Shark hunts ensued across the coasts of New, of New York and New Jersey, as the Atlanta, Const Atlanta Constitution reported on July 14th, armed shark hunters in motorboats patrolled the New York and New Jersey coast today, while others lined the beaches in a concerted effort to exterminate the man-eaters. New Jersey Governor James Fairman Fielder and, a lo and local municipalities offered bounties to individuals hunting sharks. Hundreds of sharks were unfortunately captured. The unfortunately is my comment on the East Coast as a result of the attacks. The East Coast shark hunt has been described as the largest scale animal hunt in history. And a headline from July 15th sums this whole section up um, as the Washington Post headline declared, U.S. declares war on sharks. Um, which, it's, it's, I get it. But it's it's also tragic. It sucks that people died, but that doesn't mean to that doesn't mean we eradicate a species. Um, like oh my gosh, and that's that's tragically an attitude that uh, still happens to this day. Um, and sometimes people can have that attitude, and it's slightly more understandable. Uh, I believe I can't remember who it was, but there was a survivor from the USS in the in the Annapolis, one of the deadliest shark attacks on record. Although not everybody died from shark attacks in that water, and this is again something I'm gonna an episode I want to do later um, that also ties into Jaws. Um, but one person, because of the horrific things he experienced, he's like, they shouldn't be alive, given what he went through. I can under I, I don't agree with it, but I can understand how he got to that conclusion. This at the time is try it's understandable, but it's also like no, this this shouldn't be happening. But this is a comment that it still happens to this day. Um, in two thousand one, before the September eleven attacks, there was the sensationalist summer of the shark. And people were advocating online for the eradication of of sharks. Um, never mind that we are a, we are going into their territory. And yes, we don't know a lot, but there are things out there that can tell us, and we're willfully ignorant of it. I love sharks, so this that kind of attitude is upsetting. And the war on sharks and the huge hunt afterwards. Um, was also upsetting. This goes back to, yeah, those wrongs don't make this wrong right. Um, so, of course, though, during all this, there were numerous thoughts and conspiracies. Uh, as a shock to no one, some were skeptical of the experts um, at the time and offered alternative hypotheses or hypotheses. Um, and again, I can under... Uh, I'm not saying you just blindly believe everything. 
um, that experts tell you, but it's worth looking into it and just not automatically questioning um, or outright ignoring everything because it doesn't fit your your belief or your agenda. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, so back to this. Um, so these uh, hypotheses and other opinions were suggesting um, a non-shark perpetrator or the influence of ongoing events uh, associated with World War I. Uh, in a letter to the New York Times, uh, Barrett P. Smith of Sound Beach, New York, um, 135 miles away from the um, from the event on the far side of Long Island, wrote, Having read with much interest the account of the fatality off Spring Lake, New Jersey, I should like to offer a suggestion somewhat at variance with the shark theory. Scientists believe it is most unlikely that a shark was responsible, and lots of people, though, believe it much more likely that the shark that the attack was made by a sea turtle. Scientists have spent much time at sea and along shore, and have several times seen turtles large enough to inflict just such wounds. These creature are, creatures are of a vicious disposition, and when annoyed, are extremely dangerous to approach. And it is a common theory that Bruder may have been may have disturbed one while it was asleep on or close to the surface. So, yeah, at the time, a lot of scientists weren't believing it was shark, sharks, so that, that was the general consensus. But even around the time of Bruder's attack, because there were more witnesses to it, um, and the legs being pulled off, and the people in the boats being witness to it, it was being taken more seriously. Scientists were now being like, all right, this is probably a shark, but that doesn't make sense because sharks don't attack people. Um, but you still had people looking for alternate theories like this. However, some of those alternate theories became conspiracy, and we'll cut to that. Another letter to the New York Times blamed the shark infest infestation on the maneuvers of German U-boats near America's East Coast. The anonymous writer claimed these sharks may have devoured human bodies in the waters of the German war zone and followed liners to this coast, or even followed the Deutschland herself, expecting the usual toll of drowning men, women, and children. The writer concluded this would account for their boldness and their craving for human flesh. So, as we can see, sensationalism... Uh, was alive and well in uh in 1916 and unnecessary conspiracies conspiracies got ridiculous then too much like they do in 2022 and 2023 some point i'd like us to learn from that lesson but it doesn't seem like anytime soon all right so now i want to hit you with some shark facts just because when we look at something like this and as much as i appreciate something like Wikipedia, where it has, um, it does have a file, not as, it does have pages that don't go as in-depth as, say, the international shark attack file, um, but it does have things that track, uh, track reported shark attacks over the years, um, in America, in New Zealand, in Australia, um, but when you read stuff like that page or about the Jersey Shore shark attacks and then look at other shark attacks in quick succession, it's easy to kind of lean towards that opinion um, that's been very much informed through things like Jaws and then other movies where it's like, no, these are monsters. And we start adopting the language of man eaters. Um, shark attacks on humans are incredibly rare. So, the most recent five-year global average on shark attacks of shark attacks on humans is 72 annually. And at, like as a result of that, around five people on average are killed by sharks per year. Five. That's one more per year on average than the event in Matawang Creek. Given the huge amount of people, that's incredibly unlikely. It, like, it's a rarity. 
According to the International Shark File, in 2022, there was a worldwide total of 108 attacks uh, being documented. 57 of those were unprovoked bites, 32 were provoked bites, seven and seven were from a mix of boat bites, disasters, scavenges, and something at a, uh, they labeled as public aquaria. And then there were a total of those, uh, the remaining eight are still being investigated as they have been ruled doubtful, they couldn't, uh, no assignment could be made, and they weren't confirmed. So there's enough evidence to include it, but those might end up getting removed. Um, shark attacks are rare. Like, even though we hear the numbers, like, even I just said, 108. That's not a lot. Like, you could think of it as a lot, but it, it's really not. I mean, that's not... That's like smaller than the population of middle schools, let alone high schools or towns or cities. Um, it's And that's across the globe. It's not a lot. And also sharks don't have, a, like sharks only have one way of figuring out what something is, biting it. They don't have hands. They can't just reach out and touch something. They can only bite it. And most bites are unprovoked and they're investigatory. They're sharks trying to figure out what the heck you are. Um, and then, of course, you can look at the many things that we do um, unintentionally where we are emulating and acting like their go-to prey of seals and other things. Um, so here's some other other just facts about sharks. Overfishing um, has dropped the level of sharks across the world by 60 to 70 percent. What the hell? Um, as per study by the International Shark Attack File, you are more likely to die by drowning than be bitten by a shark. To further quantify those statistics, you are 3,820 times more likely to drown than die from a shark. The chances of drowning are 1 in 1,134 compared to the 1 in 4,332,817 odds of being bitten by a shark. In an article published by the New York Post, it revealed that more people have died in recent years from taking selfies than by shark attacks. Between the years of 2011 and 2017, 259 people died while taking a selfie as opposed to just 50 shark-related deaths in the same time span. There's a, there's a great article I'm going to include that breaks it down even further. Shark, uh, the shark attacks are exceedingly rare. When we go on that binge for information and we read about it, it can, we're reading about a totality all at once, and it can paint the picture of, this is it all the time, but it it's not. It's exceedingly rare. Um, sharks have such an important place in our, in our ecosystem. Um, in the oceans, they do so much good. And yes, it's tragic and unfortunate and horrifying when people do get bit and attacked. But it's a rarity. It doesn't happen that often. Um, and it's not something that should be taken out on, on the species. The danger we pose to them, and it's believed that we kill up to 100 million sharks a year. Humans collectively kill up to 100 million of these creatures a year in comparison to what 57 or 50 over a 6 year span it's not the same ballpark so i i hope this was of interest to you um i find like i've said numerous times i find shark attacks 
and the history of it fascinating, but also because of how it has impacted media. Now, I love the story of Jaws, but the author, Peter Benchley, after he, after he wrote the book, after the movie came out, he learned about sharks and he's like, I can never write this fictional story about it. Man-eating killer sharks make for great entertainment uh, when done well. They can, it can make for an enjoyable movie, uh, good story, and uh, a, like a must-see blockbuster. But it's fiction. Uh, it does not re represent the reality of, of sharks. Um, Matawan and the 1916 attacks have gone on in infamy, but they are... They're one in a they're a one in a lifetime occurrence, like that. That's not what sharks do. Um. Anyways, I'll, I'll stop. Just not preaching, but you get what I'm going for. Um. Yeah, people should stop killing sharks. We need to learn how to swim in their territory better because the ocean is their territory. It's not ours. <laughs> it's just not. Man needs to take a step back on so many things. We got other things to worry about. That we do to ourselves. Anyways, uh, I know this is off the beaten path for us, but I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I did do a lot of work and a lot of research on it. We'll include several links below um, so you, you can check uh, check out those articles yourself. Really hope you'll actually research this yourself. I'd also recommend that book. I can't remember the author, unfortunately, but 12 Days of Terror. Um, it's it's all just fascinating. Seeing what we thought we knew then in comparison to what we know now and still makes you wonder what we think we know um, and how much we've learned about sharks and everything since. All that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode uh, off the beaten path as it is. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode. Hope you enjoy. Take care and God bless my friends. Peace.